0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dada. So we're just going to keep this train rolling uh, as far as the news and whatnot, because stuff's crazy, and uh, we're going to keep it funky. Uh, the, I, I do want to start out of the gate, though, with Green Bay Packers news, because I really haven't been able to touch on that as much, because we haven't gotten to it. It's not super any, anything super in-depth, a couple little tidbits here and there. Some guys staying, one guy going, you know, stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, just talk about everything else that's going on. Craziness. Other players have become available. Some of them are off the market. Antonio Brown Madness, which um, it was pointed out to me that I call him Antonio, and his name is Antonio. Never crossed my mind, but uh, that's definitely a thing. And uh, the excuse that I give is it has everything to do with the amount of mobster movies that I watch. Maybe The Sopranos, I don't know. Antonio, you know, kind of thing. Antonio just sounds weird. Can you imagine a mobster movie where he's like, "Hey, go get Antonio for me." Like, "What what is Antonio? I thought you were Italian." It's Antonio. Antonio. So I get that he's an American guy with an Ameri- American pronunciation of a not very uh, American name, and I should probably call him Antonio because it is an A after all and not an O. But um, you know, it's one of those things. Been calling him Antonio for a long time, so I'm probably just going to keep doing it. Also Spanish, by the way. Which Spanish and Italian would be the two languages where you typically find Antonio, and they happen to pronounce it Antonio. So, take it for what it's worth. Just doesn't sound right. I, I I acknowledge it is Antonio, just don't like saying Antonio. Sounds dumb. Like would you call him Antonio Banderas? Come on, man. Put a little heart and soul into it for the sake of the man. Introducing. Antonio Banderas. No, 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 no. So his name is Antonio. Bottom line is y'all are just going to have to deal with it, all right? That's just the way it goes. But we'll get to all that nonsense as well. Before we do, also be sure to uh, leave a rating and review. I don't know how easy it is to go back in and and find your rating and review, so if you do, be sure to take a screenshot because, as I said, I am going to be doing... um, I'm going to start doing some interactive stuff. I, I already found some software I can use. I just got to figure out how to do, like, screen sharing whilst using the software so that, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll 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 mumble our way through this. But uh, I'm going to use that as the standard as well as the Patreon folks, so take your pick how you'd like to support the channel. If you already left a five-star review and you can't go back and, and prove or demonstrate, like, look, I'm putting in this five-star review right here, five stars and stuff, then, you know... It's obviously immoral to do a second review, because that's just horrible. Getting a second email and leaving a five-star review, that would be shameful. It might have to be necessary if you want to participate, but, you know, shame on you. Now that you've been shamed, go ahead and leave that review now. Thank you very much. Um, And by the way, the rating and review that you do needs to be posted in a video that I'm going to be posting, which is in the Facebook group. You can find the links to everything that you need in the description to this podcast. If you'd like to support via Patreon, it's there. The Facebook group, it's there. NFLBigBoard.com, which I'm sure you could figure out how to type that in, but if you would like a link, it's there. But also the phone number to call if you'd like to ask a question. Participate in what grinds my gears, 608-501-0718. 608-501-0718. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're gonna get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arena club.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, let's knock out this Packers news right quick. Robert Tanyan is officially back. I think that that was pretty obvious. Um, of all the tight ends, I think Robert Tanyan was probably highest priority. It sounds really weird to say that, and I'm not trying to be a homer. I know a lot of Packer fans, they, they just get these guys that they really, really like, and Robert Tanyan's one of them. He's, a, he's similar to Geronimo Allison. He's similar to whoever. Um, I think the potential to be a contributor is there, but if you think that the Packers have somebody on their roster currently that is going to be the answer to all our problems, you could be right, but I, I'm just going to disagree and say I'm uncomfortable with that thought process. Um It's possible one of the three veteran tight ends could have a significant role. Jimmy Graham, as I've said, could return to being better, not elite, but he could get better and be a contributor. And, and, you know, if you can get him getting back to what he was two years ago with Seattle and get Mercedes Lewis back to what he was two years ago in Jacksonville, which, again, is where um, he last performed well and is also our offensive coordinator, is the previous guy from Jacksonville. So if we can get him blocking and Jimmy doing some stuff, then, uh, you know, we can kind of stitch these guys together to being one solid contributing force at the tight end position. Robert Tanyan, being the young guy, uh, has some abilities there as well. But I, I, for me, the reason it was necessary is because he's the only young, long-term option. I mean, if, if it's possible. I don't know who's coming back. As, aside from supposedly Jimmy Graham, we might be losing the other two. And if we get rid of Tanyan, we, we, we just don't have a long-term option. So we had to bring him back. Uh, linebacker Antonio Morrison is gone. I did it again. I just, I I don't think I know how to say Antonio. I don't know if I've ever said it in my life. This is just rocking my world right now. Apparently I've been saying Antonio Morrison the whole time as well because I don't know the word Antonio. Don't know why that's so hard to say. But Antonio Morrison was let go. The reason this is somewhat significant is because, I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Antonio Morrison was the guy outside of um, Blake Martinez, which leads me to believe, well, it's it's one of two things, because we we can't go into the draft saying we have to have a tight end, that you just don't do that. You can prioritize it. You know, we talked about tiers to where you get, you know, the, the several players in tiers. It's possible that if you've got a wide receiver and a linebacker, with Antonio Morrison now gone, we can prioritize linebacker over wide receiver or whatever. But I think it, it's more telling that either they're comfortable with Oren Burks, which is a joke. Or this is pretty telling that Jake Ryan will be re-signed, which is what my expectation would be. The only problem I have with that is, why isn't it done yet? Because as we've learned, if the ink isn't dry, you shouldn't be, you know, expecting it. So I I, I guess I shouldn't say that this is 100% telling about anything, other than the Packers are not willing to pay $2.025 million for the production of Antonio Morrison. But it does mean we have a, a pretty serious void. So I do expect Jake Ryan to be back, and I welcome him coming back. I I do think that they hope and expect better things from Oren Burks, and I also expect the Packers to be very open to the idea of drafting a linebacker, up to and including at pick 12, although that's not top priority, it just depends how the things, how the chips fall. Um, I guess the only question would be, let's say Devin White is the only guy left on that tier, do they take him or trade back? I don't know the answer to the question, but I'm just saying. It seems insignificant because we didn't get much out of the guy, but when you look at the roster with him and without him, especially when you look at the snap counts, we just don't have another guy. And we can play that same game we played with with, uh, Josh Jones, where it's like, yeah, he's not good, but, I mean, we got him, and he he can just be that guy. It's like, yeah, but I don't want him to be the guy because he's not good at it, and I want good football players on this team and and just – pushing oren burks in there because you know what we drafted you in the third you better start playing like it that doesn't work you can't just will it to happen if he's a bad football player he's a bad football player um all right we'll get into the Ant- back-to-back antonios here we'll get into that news said on the podcast yesterday it was a done deal with the buffalo bills apparently it was until brown decided to just grenade the whole thing and i'll, I'll be honest if i had to put money on it and i know there's already rumors about him going to the raiders but uh, that source is coming from Antonio Brown, and I would say that's even less reliable than um, sports media. Now, maybe the deal's getting done, but I, I, I'll, I'll be completely honest. There's, there's two things that I know. Number one, there's been talk about, you know, depending on how far this goes, the value is just going to fall and fall and fall. The, the problem is the Steelers don't have to trade him. They want to because they're not going to get his services anymore. But there's a, there's a baseline bottom that they're going to accept for um, Antonio Brown. Now I've got a complex about it. Ugh. But there's a floor. There's a point at which you're saying, I'm not going beneath this. Maybe it's an early second. Maybe it's a first. I don't know what it is. But there's a certain point at which they're going to say, you know what? We're either getting this offer or you're not going somewhere. And at this point, if I'm the Steelers, and listen, I don't know what the compensation was from the Bills, but there was talk that maybe they would swap first-round picks. Meaning it's possible the Steelers had just concluded a deal with the buffalo bills that included the number nine overall pick meaning we could possibly get the quarterback of, of the future we could possibly get a guy like dk metcalf we could possibly get a, a top-tier pass rusher for our team you know we, we could get devin white to be the next great linebacker or, or, you know so many great opportunities for for just getting rid of antonio brown who's not going to be here anyways and this dude just walks up and guts the deal, just bleeds it out right there on the floor. I mean, the team's celebrating like, "Dude, we got number 9, man. This is awesome." And then Antonio Brown just calls up to like, "Hey, just so you know, I just nuked that deal. Sorry, bruh. Anyways, got to get back to dying my hairs. Gonna gonna braid my leg hair because I don't know, I just I do weird random things, and that's my life outside of destroying this franchise. Those are the two things I do right now. Those are my two things. Stomp on the neck of the Steelers and spit in the face of the fans and also just act crazy. My two favorite hobbies at this point in time. So if I'm the Steelers, I'm looking at this and going, look, I'm not budging off a one. Like, I just got more strident in this. It will either be a one or I will hold on to this contract because guess what? I have you locked up until you're 33 years old, pal. I've got three more years of this contract. I'll just sit on it. Same thing happened with Le'Veon Bell. Granted, I'm g- that that we're gonna take a cap hit, but that money starts to bleed back in every game you miss, every game you refuse to play. Guess what? That money comes back to me. You're gonna pay back every red cent. You'll never play again. Now that's not ideal, because I'd like to have the cap money just sitting there, and I don't exactly know how it works. If, if, if I get this money back over the course of the year, does that just transfer over into next year? I mean, it's like $22 million this year. Can I get $22 million added to my cap next year in addition to my cap? Because at that point, you're basically erased. Because I think he counts as like, what, $18 million in 2020? If you're going to credit me $20 million bucks, Again, I, I have no idea. I, I know there's some cap carryover. I don't know if it's entirely carried over. It seems unlikely because at that point if you're kind of a ways out like let's say you're Brian Gutekunst and you don't think that this is the year, dude, I won't spend a penny. I'll take my 35 million bucks and I'll sign my draft picks for, you know, whatever it is, 8 million, 10 million. I'll take my 25-28 million, I'll carry it over into next year and if I have 15 million in cap space plus my 25 and now I'm kind of ready. Now we're kind of getting a little bit closer. I don't know. I'm just saying it seems like that wouldn't be a thing, but maybe it's a thing. I don't know. Either way, I'm willing to be as spiteful as I can possibly be and make sure that Antonio Brown does not have any more opportunities. Because you're just spitting in my face, man. Why am I going to do you a favor and and ship you off for a third? No. No. You signed a contract, meaning you're not going anywhere unless I... I say so. You want to gut any opportunity you get? I just gave you another job. I just gave you a payday with the Buffalo Bills. I gave you another opportunity to go somewhere and be great and get away. I thought it was – excuse me. Let let me just – let's think this through here. This guy loves football, right? I'm lying. All the stuff that I said, Pac Daddy, me, I said, I'm lying. The stuff where it's not about winning – it's not about, you know, being great. It's not about, no, 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 no. It's all about Antonio Brown. Some people will tell you, no, no, Big Ben is the problem. He's the problem over there, and it's the coach. And Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, they're just getting a bad rap. Right? It's just, they, they have to put up with nonsense, and they just want to get out. Really? Really now? Mr. Big Chest. Mr. You know, the voice, or, or what what is the thing? The, the Masked Singer or whatever he did? where he put on the giant dumb costume because American television is just becoming brain damaged at this point, that that's a thing. Sorry if you watch it, but, man, it's just incredible to me. How many times can we recycle a bad idea? And bleaching his mustache and Mr. Big Chest. I mean, the guy's always been a little slow, but now he's out there just legitimately and and coming out saying, I don't need football anymore. Listen, if you're a football team that wants this guy, you do deserve everything you get. I want him to go to the Bears so bad, so bad, because this guy is just an absolute grenade. He's going to take all your money and give you nothing in return except headache and grief. The Steelers have him right now. They have him. They're trying to offload him. You want to take the headache? Why? Again, does he just need a change of scenery? He had a change of scenery with the Buffalo Bills. He said, nope, not going there. So it's not just about change of scenery. It's not just about Ben Roethlisberger. And let me elaborate one other thing, because I'm seeing this all over Twitter now. People saying, oh, I'm so sick of these Packer fans talking about culture, because yeah, I'm sure it's culture that wins Super Bowls, right? Let me explain something to you. 2018 Green Bay Packers. You're telling me the problem with that team was Talent? The problem with Aaron Rodgers is his lack of talent. I mean, do you think about this stuff before you say it? Because literally, if you just go back to last year, you're already proven wrong. Culture doesn't matter. The locker room doesn't matter. We just need talent. Excuse me. Haha, Clinton Dix was not cut because he's lacking talent. He was one of the better players we had on our entire defense. Just because he missed a couple tackles doesn't make him bad. He was better than Antonio Morrison. He was better than every other safety we had. He's better than half of our corners. He's better than all of our edge rushers. Why did we cut Ha Ha Clinton Dix? It was the lack of effort. It was the attitude. It was the comments in the media. It was the culture. It was, it was the problems that he was doing to the locker room. That's why he was cut. Not because fans are crying about missed tackles. That had nothing to do with Brian Goodekun's decision. Same with Ty Montgomery. Why was he cut? Because he's the worst running back ever? No, he's about as good as Jamal is. He's better than any of our guards. He's better than a good portion of our tight ends and wide receivers. Any single depth we have at, at offensive line, he's better. He's better than Deshaun Kaiser. It's not talent. They weren't cut for talent. He was cut because he had an atti- there was an attitude problem in the locker room. A bunch of guys doing whatever they want. They don't listen. They don't care. The coaches weren't really holding people accountable, right? They're not showing up to meetings. They're showing up late. They're late to the airplane. They're late to the bus. Nobody really was doing what they were supposed to do, and, and the coaches weren't holding them accountable. But Brian Gutekunst stepped up, the real Mr. Big Chest, and stepped up and said, okay, if you're not going to do anything about this, I will. You're off the team. Who was the safety that went and slapped a guy? What happened there? You had all the coaches going, oh, you know, it's just a case of, uh, you know, the second guy getting caught. We don't really care about it too much. Brian Gudekun steps up and says, yep, I care. Goodbye. You're off the team. He put his foot down. He said, no more. I'm not tolerating this anymore because the re- the problem with this team, according to Brian Gutekunst, a, 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 the reason Mike McCarthy was cut, the reason all this coaching staff was cut, it's not because they don't know stuff in their brain. It's a lack of effort. It's a lack of accountability. It's a lack of, of, of just of, of caring, a lack of discipline. What does David Bakhtiari say the problem was? Is it a lack of talent on the team? No. Even HaHa Clinton Dix the previous year talking about the problems in the locker room with certain guys, just, you know, nobody, there's no common vision here. You got some guys who come in here and they just care about this, and other guys come in, they just care about this, and some guys, it's just about the money, it's about the fame, it's about me, it's about this, it's about that, it's about all these different things. There's no common vision and focus on the team. That is the problem with the Packers. Do we need more talent? Of course we need more talent. But a lot of the teams that are winning, it's not because they have the most talent. We think that's the case at the end of the year. Explain to me how the Colts have the most talent. Are you kidding me? Their defense, uh, can you name three people on their defense? That's a team with heart. Nobody expected them to do that, not even the Colts. And I'm talking halfway through the season, nobody cared about the Colts. There's more to this game than just acquiring talent. And yes, I've been saying I want better guys because I'm tired of the mediocre guys, but that's not going to do it. If we don't fix this locker room, if we don't get that fixed, it doesn't matter anymore. We're going to get Aaron Rodgers stumbling out there pouting, and the rest of the team is going to follow suit. They're just going to pout because nobody's fired up. Nobody's energized. Nobody cares anymore. Do not believe the nonsense that that doesn't matter. I wish it didn't. It shouldn't matter. You should just have grown adults going out and doing their job, but the fact of the matter is human beings are emotional creatures. We act and react according to our surroundings. We're in good moods. We're in bad moods. That affects our ability to go out and perform. How hard you work. All these things are impacted by certain things that are going going on, and if you, if you just are in this funk of an environment where the, the coaches aren't trying and, and they're just kind of, you know, Not doing what they need to do, and there's not a lot of positivity. There's not a lot of communication that the quarterback isn't really talking to people. The coaches aren't really talking to people. People are late to meetings, and nobody cares. You got a bunch of young guys in here who are just kind of like goofing off, and nobody's being held accountable, and the older guys are just getting tired of it. The Aaron Rodgers, the, the, the David Bakhtiaris, the Devontae Adams, the guys who have been here for a long time that know what winning is about, that know what a good culture and a good locker room look like, are watching it deteriorate, and nobody's doing anything about it. So don't give me this garbage that it doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. It's the only thing that matters right now for the Green Bay Packers. It's more important than talent. If you told me right now to pick, fix the locker room, fix the attitude, and and bring back just the 2018 players, but, but fix the locker room and get these guys fired up. you're getting four quarters, you're you're getting an entire football season during practice that is just energized and focused and fired up. During four quarters of a football game, that team is fired up. You can have that, or you can get Antonio Brown and Earl Thomas and D. Ford. You get all of them. Forget the salary cap. You get all those guys and whatever draft picks we're going to get, but the locker room is garbage. And there's fighting, and there's complaining, and there's pouting. I will take 2018 fired up over those players because guess what? Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well. You want 2018 Aaron Rodgers all over again? We're not going to win anything if that's what this looks like every single year. That has to be fixed. That has to be, and and Brian Gutekunst understands that. That's why he shipped all those players off. That's why the coaching staff got fired and we brought in new people. That's why every single interview that that the coaches and the GM give, what do they talk about? Culture, culture, culture. I'm sorry if you don't agree and don't like it and don't care. That is the focus of this team, and it will be the focus of this team, and it's why Antonio Brown is not coming here. And it's why he shouldn't come here. We need to fix the problem with guys not showing up and not caring and not not focusing on the team. And Antonio Brown is the epitome of guys that don't care about the team. But the problem is you get a guy like that who's in his, his final contract and he's getting big time paid, and he's already made the statement, I don't need football. He's not coming here. Rob Domofsky made the comment that uh, they were never in on it. They never even inquired, and I, I had made that comment before. I don't think that they even would. And yeah, I, I, again, for the billionth time, it, I don't want it, and it would be a terrible idea, but the second I heard we got Antonio Brown, I'd be freaking out like, oh, man, because it's crazy, right? The, the, the upside of that is crazy, but it's absolutely the wrong thing, and and, and listen, even in, up to and including um, the draft, it's why I said Ja'Kai Polite's off the board. And it's not about, well, I mean, at pick 44, come on, think about his value. It's not about value. It's a pass-fail. You're either going to fit in the locker room and be a contributor in the locker room, or you're going to tank the locker room, and I'm not going to allow that in my locker room. If you're going to be a problem in the locker room, if you're not going to be putting in effort, if you're going to have an attitude, you're not coming here, period. I don't care if you fall to the seventh round. I don't care if you go undrafted. I'm not calling your agent. I'm not calling you. I'm not calling anybody about you. You either pass or you fail. And if you pass, Ja'Kai, if you will be a good fit, if, if, if you convince me at your pro day, you know, the, the guy cuts weight, and he's like, look, I can't play at a, at a high weight. I am what I am. I'm a smaller guy, but watch how athletic I am. And he kills it at the pro day, and he does his interviews, and he's like, look, man, I had this going on and that going on, and I sincerely apologize, and I want to play. And he just aces it. Fine. Then guess what? You're, you're valued at 12 again. In other words, if I'm going to take you, it'll be at 12. If I don't want you at 12, I don't want you. It's pass-fail, and that's true for a lot of different people. If you want to know who the Packers are going to draft, there's two things you need to know. Spark score and how well they performed in the interviews. How how good they are as far as if, if they were team captains, if they were leaders, if people had good things to say about them. That culture, that aspect of it, that, that hard work and that effort. Guys like Jair. Look at all the guys they've been drafting. Everybody knows about spark score, but look at the attitude of these guys coming out. Jair Alexander... Is one of the most likable people I've ever seen in my life. I'm. I promise you that had everything to do with him getting drafted when the, when the Packers drafted him. Yes, it's talent, but that that guy is the most likable human being on the planet. From from being a hundred percent motivated and and aggressive and violent on the football field to being you know a a fired up guy who who dances and has fun on the field to being the kind of guy that just I mean, he's just a genuinely good person. I, I'm telling you, that matters, and Brian Gutekunst prioritized that. He's bringing those kinds of people in. He's pushing the other kinds of people out. Look at a guy like Christian Wilkins. I don't know if the Packers have any interest in, t- in drafting a defensive tackle. Maybe if he falls to 30, but that's the kind of guy the Packers absolutely love and want on this team. Ah, super high character everybody likes him everybody raves about him on and off the field super high character guy it matters and whether you like it or not that is what the packers want and they're right and you can you can kick and scream and be upset about it all you want it's the right thing to do the patriots don't win because of talent i hate to tell you that they do have talent tom brady's talented but, but, but that team, is it's a well-oiled machine, and everybody does what they're supposed to do. I mean, they bring in the crazy, but what comes out the other side is not cra- You don't see controversy over there. Well, <laughs> I very much misspoke about that. You don't see the kind of controversy we're talking about, right? Scandals and stuff are, are a separate issue. I'm talking about guys acting out. I'm talking about, you know, guys fighting and, and, you know, yelling at Tom Brady and throwing footballs at him and storming out of practice. Bill Belichick doesn't tolerate that. The Patriots work well because they're a well oiled machine, meaning everybody falls in line. They work hard. The coaches work hard and they have high expectations and every single person there will fall in line with that. The Rams, you're telling me that the Rams were, were just a good team because of the amount of talent, that the passion that that team had had nothing to do with it? Give me a break! It matters. Why is Mike Daniels so good? There's, there's a lot of reasons he's good, but but look at the energy and the passion that he brings. It, it, do you think it's a coincidence that last year, at the exact same time that I'm saying, why don't we hear him anymore? Why isn't he a vocal leader? Why isn't he seem so angry and violent? What happened to that Mike Daniels? And the same year that I'm wondering about that is the same year that his production fell off? Is it a coincidence that, that at the exact same time that Clay Matthews goes from being a violent animal? You, you've heard the, the, the mic'd up, right? If you haven't, go look it up. When he's mic'd up and he's just violent and aggressive and he's having fun, he was pretty good. And suddenly it's like he's the team is neutered for, for lack of a better way to phrase it. They just they've lost their their passion, their drive, their desire, their rage. And the people that have it can perform, but almost nobody has it. And however you want to channel it, whether it's it's having fun like Clay did and like Jair does, fun with a, a very violent edge to it, a very sharp point on it, or whether it's just raw rage and aggression like Mike Daniels, we need that back. And we need coaches that foster that kind of attitude. And we need players that embrace that kind of attitude, but also guys that care about the team. It's not just about me and my rage. It's about this team. It's about this team's identity. It's about this team's focus. It's about this team winning football games. It's about this team and me and my coaches and my players and my men here by my side. It's about us succeeding. It's about us doing our job. It's about us being better and making each other better. It's about us getting into the playoffs. It's about us winning the division. It's about us getting into the Super Bowl and getting a Lombardi Trophy. You, t- you, you go ahead and tell me that doesn't matter and what we need is guys like Antonio Brown that don't care about the playoffs, that don't care about the Lombardi Trophy, that don't care about the Green Bay Packers, that don't care about the fans, that don't care about the other wide receivers in the room. They don't care about Rodgers. They don't care about the, the, the offense, the defense, the coaches. They care about nothing. He doesn't care about the fans. He cares about Antonio Brown and getting paid and getting guaranteed money so he can go off and be goofy with all his money. Culture is the most important thing for this team right now. And as much as it seems weird that every interview and every press conference that we hear coming out of the Green Bay Packers, they're talking about culture. They talk about good people with good hearts because they don't want selfish people. They want people that come in here because, because listen, you know who the kind of people are that are going to put in 110% no matter how they're, they're feeling that day? It's the people with big hearts. You know why? Because they're not there for themselves. They're there for everybody else. They're putting in the effort not because I want to, but because they need my effort today. So go ahead and tell me it doesn't matter. You're wrong. It matters. Guys like Jair are going to show up because his team is depending on him, because the fans are depending on him. Guys like Aaron Jones are going to show up because he wants to make his team proud. He wants to make Aaron Rodgers proud. He wants to, he wants to, to, to show his, his running back coach that, he, that he's learning and that he's doing well. He wants to, to show the fans that he's there and he's putting in the work. Every team needs that. The Packers need that. We need more of it. And, and I think that the final piece, because there's a lot of guys that have it, but they're just kind of on an island, what they need is the coaches. They need that gel that foster that kind of environment. And hopefully we've got it. And the only thing we need to do now, aside from making sure we continue to add those kinds of pieces into the locker room, the only thing we need to do now is not ruin it by adding in guys like Antonio Brown. That's it. So rant over. All right, carrying on with the news now. Uh, Carlos Hyde is out doing the round. I think I've already talked about Carlos Hyde. I don't really want him. He's not very good, but uh, he's out there. Apparently he's meeting with the Chiefs now. Uh, The Denver Broncos have released Billy Turner. He's not super great. He's young enough of a guy and um, has at times been decent enough as a pass blocker to maybe give him a shot. I mean, he's, he's not starter quality, but maybe a depth play. I don't know. It's an option. It's out there. Not super into it. He's really only played about two seasons, and um, wasn't very good. But again, the pass blocking is good enough that uh, teams will probably take a look at him as a depth play. Uh, another safety has hit the market, Anton, uh, Antoine Bethea. The guy's almost 35 years old, so not a super great idea, but the the funniest thing about him if you look at uh, his production, he's had three really good years, only three since 2006, Every single one of those three has been in the first year with another team. If there's ever been a guy that I want to have a one-year contract, it's Antoine Bethea. Seriously, let me read you every single grade he's gotten, not including the first years. 67, 69, 69, 74, 67, 60, 66, 55, 59, 64. So his lowest was 55.8. His highest was 74.4, and that was a pretty big outlier. Almost every single one of his grades was in the 60s. His first year in 2006 with the Colts, 84.2. His first year with the San Francisco 49ers in 2014, 87.7. His first year with the Arizona Cardinals in 2017, 86.4. In all three of those years, he was incredible in coverage. Every other year, garbage in coverage. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I don't know what it is about this guy the first year he goes to a team, but he just plays lights out. I don't know if teams just figure him out after that or how this exactly works, but um, whatever. But uh, he's a strong safety. He's, you know, with the exception of 2018, which is just a terrible year, but Arizona in general, you can look at a lot of guys who are really good football players who had really terrible years. If I just erase 2018, the guy's always been pretty solid in run defense, always been a pretty sure tackler. And then you figure uh, in in his first year, he's going to give you some pretty solid coverage and then he'll be kind of trash at covering people. So I, I say that all kind of tongue-in-cheek. I don't think I want a 35-year-old Antoine Bethea. Um, I mean, I, again, we, we have a lot of guys that can put up numbers probably similar to what he's going to give us. Either we continue to push subpar talent to mediocre talent into our locker room and just let these guys battle it out for you know who's going to start and who's not, and it really is kind of irrelevant because none of them can actually do the job well. Or we go out and get actual talent that can get the job done. I, I don't mean that to be as harsh as it actually was but that's just kind of the way that it is and Bethea probably could come in and be our best strong safety but I I, I just I don't know maybe if we're talking super cheap like a million and a half and he can come in and be the starter and just in case kind of thing and we'll we'll draft another guy from there I guess I don't hate it he's probably going to be better than the guys that we have so you know it's 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 not a it's not a definitive no on a one-year deal I guess it's an upgrade, so sure, I guess. Uh, Eric Weddle, the safety, was off uh, in, in the market for about uh, 45 seconds before the Rams swooped in and offered him a two-year, 10.5 million dollar contract. It's incredible that a deal got done that fast, just because working out all the numbers you would think would take longer. I, I was it same day or was it next? I don't know. They signed him yesterday. I want to say he was maybe it was maybe it was like 24 hours. But he met with the Rams Friday afternoon, which is yesterday afternoon. This is at three thirty-six p.m. Rams signed Eric Weddle to a two-year, ten-point-five million dollar contract. So I don't know. Anyways, he's off the market. The other really unfortunate—I I guess it's not unfortunate—the the fortunate thing actually is that we're kind of getting an idea as guys get signed to contracts like this what the market is. Now Eric Weddle was not top of the market, but two years, ten-point-five million—we're talking a little over you know, five and a quarter. Per year and he took it pretty quick so I guess he wasn't expecting any more than five didn't want any more than five he was looking for five and got five and that's the end of that but good to keep an eye on these prices hopefully they don't escalate another guy to hit the market Mr. Danny Amandola I mentioned a while ago the Dolphins are likely going to be releasing quite a few people Amandola was one of the maybes Uh, Parker also is is a big maybe and probably a probably again I think they save like nine million bucks if they get rid of him he's not bad but again I don't know that he's better than Cobb. And considering the relationship he, that Cobb has with Rodgers, considering all, all these different things, if I'm going to take a flyer on somebody, I'm going to take a flyer on Cobb. I've already talked about it. You know, He, he had a drop-off in production, but you look at it, The he had an injury. You look at the bad down years with the offense in general. The last time this offense was clicking and, and Cobb was healthy, dude was pretty good. Cobb is also still pretty young. Amendola is 33. If we cut Cobb and sign Amendola... Um, and, you know, unless Cobb's price tag is just really high. If Cobb is saying, I want $9 million, and and is like, I'll, I'll look, I'll take like two and a half, okay, that's fine. But all things being equal, just bring back Cobb, man. I, I, I really don't dislike the idea of bringing him back at, at a discounted rate, but he's got to understand his, his, his value to the team. You know, the, the Packers need to essentially offer him a low-ball contract, and if he signs it, great. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I don't mind the idea of betting on his upside in a new scheme, in a new offense, with, you know, all the stuff that we've already talked about. But anyways, um, apparently the Patriots went out and got Michael Bennett from the uh, the Eagles, so that's not great. I mean, just as somebody that wants to see the, the Patriots lose, it's not great. It seems like a decent move for the Patriots. It does probably point to Trey Flowers' officially hitting the market. I mean, I, I I know it's already been reported, but you never know with these things, and it was possible that they were going to let him test the market and then end up re-signing him. It sounds like that's probably not going to happen. They also acquired him for, um, they, they, they exchanged a 2025th with a 2027th. We'll see what they do with this contract. But again, it's just every time the Patriots do something, it's like, how is it this easy and why doesn't everybody just do this? The gap between Trey Flowers and Michael Bennett isn't that vast. Michael Bennett's numbers were kind of low, but he was—he was basically a backup for the for the Eagles. He's getting up in age, but understand, Trey Flowers is getting like a twenty million dollar deal in and around eighteen, twenty, twenty-one. I don't know what it's going to be, but if it, let, let's just say it's going to cost seventeen million to keep Trey Flowers. They just went out and traded garbage to get Michael Bennett, who's going to cost them six point two million dollars, and then next year seven point five million. <laughs> Okay, whatever. And then after that, he's just done. I mean, he's going to be 36 in 2021. So I mean, it's a downgrade. But losing Trey Flowers was supposed to hurt, and and this is this is this doesn't hurt at all. He fits their team perfectly. He's a talented four three end, and it's just it's it's rock bottom prices. Patriots strike again. Um. In other news, the Detroit Lions did officially release T.J. Lang. Uh, it sounds as though he might retire. But I've, I've already talked about it. I would definitely be interested in bringing him back. He's he's still a good football player. He's getting up in age. Uh, he does have some injury history stuff. But, he's I mean, he's still a solid player, man. I mean, if it's a one-year deal, you know, just, I mean, it would be nice to do a sales pitch to just say, look, man, let's just do a one-year. We'll get you back in the green and gold, and uh, we'll, we'll try to get you a Super Bowl, and then we'll just send you off. And, you you, you know, you can, you can retire here having played your last year as a Packer. I would hope we could work out that deal because he, he is still good. I mean, he actually kind of reminds me of Brian Balaga. I feel very similar. Brian Balaga has injury histories. Uh, Brian Balaga isn't Bakhtiari, but he's still a good football player. It's it's very similar in my mind. So we'll see. It's probably not going to happen. Boy, would it be nice if the Packers could get in on one of these rock-bottom deals. I I feel like the Patriots, like there's like this online database where you can put super good deals, and the Patriots are the only ones that have a password to get into that website. Because there's there's just all this stuff going on, and it's like, how, how is this a thing? Although Bashad Breeland was, was pretty solid. You know, he, he wasn't all that great, and I kind of anticipated him being just kind of what he was. But still, he's worth more than what we gave him, and we ended up getting him, so that was kind of cool. But man, wouldn't it be nice if, if TJ Lang just took a massive pay cut and just came over here for one year? Three million bucks? Just, just, you know, four million? It's pretty much what he's made his entire career for the most part. You know, five-ish. Base salary, three to four. It was just 2018. The Lions paid him buku bucks. Basically doubled the salary he's been getting for the last five years. But come on, man. Come on back. But li- listen, either way, the Lions don't have Lang anymore. So their guard situation has gotten significantly worse. So it's a good thing. And hopefully it gets a little bit better if we end up getting the guy. Uh, the Jaguars have cut everybody. And this is what I've been talking about. This is this is the whole thing where it's like, just let's just sit back and see how this plays out. Let's see what happens to the team that just grab all their money and push all this money in to try to win a Super Bowl. Again, the Eagles did it and it paid off. The Jaguars did it and we're watching a team just throw away talent because they just can't pay all these guys. It'll still be interesting to see how they come out on the other side. What does the team look like? How do you mitigate it? And it's, it's going to vary from team to team. You get certain GMs that can manage this better than others. You get certain coaches. And, and you know, you kind of figure out, let's let's keep this guy and get rid of this guy. You know, you keep the right guys, get rid of the right right guys, draft well, uh, manage your cap well enough. You, you can recover. But how long is this going to take before you're a competitor again? Let's not forget, the Bears did it. The Vikings did it. The Vikings are already having cap problems. We'll see how serious it gets for them. We'll see what happens to the Bears. I think the, well, I don't know. I don't know what the smart thing to do is. I suppose you can keep trying to push in if you're the Bears, but if, if it's not working, you, you better start cutting back quick because when, when, when it comes time to pay, when that, that cap comes crashing down, when the bubble bursts, the less people you have that are causing this problem, the better. Start the purging today. But anyways, Jeremy Parnell, Tackle, was one of the guys that was released. He's not bad. He's just not. He's not great. Um, 32 years old. to be 33 this year. Definitely not over the moon. But again, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a Ted Thompson signing, but it's probably a little bit better than a Ted Thompson signing because he's been consistently decent. He wouldn't be any more than depth, but, you know, we do need depth. So depending on the price which would have to be rock bottom. But again, you you keep talking about that, like, well, maybe we get a guard for cheap and maybe we get this for cheap. And at some point, you're just out of money and you can't get any guys that are really solid. But I'm just saying it's sort of a maybe in a Ted Thompson-y kind of way. Not super big impact, low value signing, just because depth, because we need it. But also, I don't know. We've got Balaga. If he gets hurt, yeah, I guess it's great. But you're signing this guy and using up cap space for a guy that's, I think, older than Balaga that's going to be leaving with Balaga, that's probably not going to do anything. So I, I just, yeah uh, Another guy they got rid of is Malik Jackson. Defensive tackle. He, he's, in my mind, it would be a similar signing to uh, Muhammad Wilkerson with maybe a little bit more upside. I think he's a better pass rusher. He had a pretty bad year last year, but again, it's kind of, you know, it is it, very uncharacteristically bad to the point where I would guess he's going to bounce back. But also, you look at guys like Jimmy Graham, and you can't just assume that right Jimmy Graham dropped off and is like yeah but I mean he'll probably you know regression to the mean kind of thing it doesn't always work out that way sometimes guys just fall off and then you put him in a new system a new scheme new defensive coordinator sometimes it kind of gets worse like with Jimmy Graham so no I'm not super super in on it I mean he's had some some dominant moments but again same thing with Muhammad Wilkerson it's a big name guy who's who at one point was very feared but um I think it's more of a name than anything else, and I think he's going to get overpaid, and I don't want the Packers to overpay for him. Uh, I think I mentioned Tashaun Gibson was being, I, I, I shouldn't say he was being shopped. The the rumor, or what was being said, is that some teams are reaching out to the Jaguars, trying to coerce them to you know, make a deal. It may have actually been the other way around, because the Jaguars just flat out cut him. They didn't get the compensation that they wanted, so they let him go. Uh, the one thing that you're getting consistently with Tashaun Gibson, he's a great tackler. Outside of that, though, not super good in run defense, not super good in coverage. He's just not very good. He's only 28, so he's got some, some tread left on the tires. But again, he's just a guy. He's just a guy that's going to come in and be a guy. And do I want to spend cap money on that? No, I would rather draft somebody and see if they can come in and be a guy or better. That's, that's one of the things about free agency. One of the benefits is you you know what you're getting. You know what the high end is. And the high end of this guy is he he's he's okay. Low end, he's terrible. So I'm I'm not super in on Tashawn Gibson either. Again, we can we can play the game where we say, well, it's depth and it's an option and all that stuff. Okay, but fine. But what we're we're really eating away at the the cap we have to sign people that can actually impact this team in a very positive way. Uh, some of the bigger news of the day, not super Packers related, I guess, but uh, Olivier Vernon did get traded. That was the other bit of news that I had said Olivier Vernon. It sounds like the Giants wanted to keep him, but the interesting thing about this story was. And I actually predicted it a half a second before they said what the situation was. But there was a rumor that the Giants and the, the Browns were in talks. And I said this in the podcast yesterday. The Browns offered Ogba and Zeitler to the Giants, and, and maybe somebody, I think it was like a third player, to the Giants for Odell Beckham, and the Giants laughed at it. So when I heard that um, Olivier Vernon did go to the Browns, and it was apparently a player swap, the first thing that came to my mind is Zeitler, because the Giants need help on the offensive line. They, they have, um, they've, they've got their left tackle in Nate Solder, they drafted Hernandez to be their left guard, um, they've, they've got their running back, if they can get a, a solid guard, and Zeitler's one of the better guards in the NFL, if they can get him in there, I mean, I, you know, they're, they're looking to be a, a pretty good team. The, the Giants are one of the more underperforming teams in my mind. They, they've got a lot of talent, and it's just it's one of those things where everybody wants to make fun of them, but if they go out and get a quarterback that can perform with Odell Beckham, with uh, you know the the other weapons they have, with a new revamped offensive line, I don't know what the defense is going to be able to do, but that this offense has so much top-end potential, it's kind of scary. But anyways, Olivier Vernon is off the market, Zeitler is off the market, two guys I felt like the, the Packers could have interest in. Those guys are locked up now. But anyways, that's about it, man, or ma'am, folks, peoples, that's all I got. It's a wild and crazy world. It's another day. The GMs and and, and the people are on the phones nonstop, and it's going to continue today. Again, on Monday is a legal tampering period. They're going to try to lock up as much of the stuff as they can. You know, time's running out to make these deals and uh, to, to have leverage as a team over their guys because these guys aren't allowed to talk to other teams, and teams aren't allowed to talk to your guys, and, you know, whatever. So, uh... I'm hoping, hoping for another crazy day, and uh, we'll see if the Packers get involved in any kind of way. But uh, otherwise, be sure to get in the Facebook group. Like I said, I'm going to post that video in there where you can leave a screenshot of your review if you'd like to get involved and do a seven-round mock draft, and, and who knows what else. I don't know what else we could do. If you have another idea of something we could do uh, for a bonus episode slash YouTube video, be sure to let me know. But get in the Facebook group and get prepared for that because that's going to be coming. Otherwise, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.